Good morning and welcome to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. Today we're going to be speaking with Eyal Grajewski, who is the founder of Maya Systems. Eyal, how are you this morning? I'm good. I'm doing great. I'm good. Are you Are you um, in downtown San Francisco somewhere today? Yeah, I'm here at our headquarters uh, here in Union Square in San Francisco. What a great place! What a great place to have an office. So, would you take a moment and introduce yourself? Of course. Yeah. So I'm Al Grajewski, CEO and co-founder here at Maya Systems. Uh, a little bit about myself. So uh, first and foremost, my dad started a staffing company about 40 years ago. So I've domain experience stemming back to, to you know, growing up and uh, I got great exposure into the space very early on in my life. As a result, I, I later got my finance degree from University of Colorado. And when I, when I graduated, I moved to San Francisco and started looking for jobs and was pretty frustrated with that experience. I applied to 40 jobs and heard back from only two companies. And, and uh, you know, what I ended up doing was actually starting my first business, uh, which was firstjob.com, ironically. And what we did was we built one of the leading job marketplaces uh, for early career talent. And we operated that business for about three and a half years and learned a lot about uh, the pitfalls of the marketplace experience and inefficiencies in the recruiting process. You know, we worked with a lot of the largest employers in the world uh, facing high volume recruiting challenges. And uh, from that, we identified this great opportunity to bridge the communications gap and automate conversation uh, and apply that to the recruiting process. So we, we ended up starting our second company, which is Maya, which we're going to talk about today. Fantastic. So, so what does Maya do? So Maya is our AI recruiting assistant, and, and what Maya does is she automates outreach and communication with job candidates, and we're applying those conversational experiences across multiple phases of the end-to-end -end recruiting process. So Maya's performing a variety of tasks for hiring teams. Some of those tasks include sourcing, screening, scheduling. Uh, she can even support the onboarding process. And uh, what that does is it unlocks uh, massive efficiencies for, for our hiring teams in addition to improve the candidate experience. And she's doing that through multiple channels, so SMS, uh, WhatsApp, and other messaging applications, and can also be embedded into your career site and application process. And we've built a platform that makes it really easy to implement and scale that experience across your organization and integrate it into your existing system. So, so if, if I get you right, this is uh, outbound communication. So, so when the company initiates communications with um, uh, potential employees and there is a structured way to have that conversation, Maya is something that you can apply, right? Any situation where there is outbound communications and a structured set of questions and answers, this is a good place to put Maya. Yeah, we could have a very robust, open-ended dialogue. That's something that really sets us apart in the industry. And, and what that does is un unlock some really interesting use cases. Uh, the obvious one is right when an applicant applies, uh, we'll have that first conversation to understand, are they interested in the responsibilities? We'll answer any questions they have. And we can even go as far as uh, get into the nuances of the, of the job and, and help screen that candidate. Uh, another is, uh, when we engage, we apply Maya to engage with passive candidates. 
So if a team uh, is seeing a shortage of applicants or is filling a hard-to-fill role, Maya can go into their database or external sources and engage through conversation uh, with those candidates to uh, ultimately drive them into the pipeline for the recruiting team. So those are two two examples of where we can apply the experience. Uh, so 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 let me get this straight. So I, I haven't seen a system that can actually engage in conversation. And, and what you suggested is that that. Um, Maya can respond to open-ended questions and then respond to the response from that and, and, and does that gracefully and you can actually unleash that on um, a sort of a, a pipeline of candidates and not be worried about the error rates inside of it. Is that right? That's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. And you've actually gotten a chance to see it a couple of times. I remember you're really impressed. But uh, what we're doing, yeah. So we're we're applying state-of-the-art NLP and machine learning techniques uh, to deliver a, a very robust experience. And what that does is it allows users to interact with Maya naturally uh, through open-ended dialogue. That's, that, that's interesting. Most, most of the experts talk a lot about Machines having a difficult time handling multiple pieces of intent. Do, do people? And, and I saw yesterday. I was talking with with another company in the space, and their advice to to candidates who are interacting with a bot bot is sort of the um, speak slowly. They're kind of stupid um, advice, or um, don't use the texting language that you use naturally with a bot. Um, do you have those kinds of limits? You know, we've, uh, over the course of the three years we've been operating, we've, um, you know, had a series of advancements within our AI conversation engine that enables uh, more complex interaction. So, for example, the ability to handle multiple intents, right, or to handle information out of context or to go back in a conversation or adjust the path of the conversation based on the information we're gathering, uh, or even start a new thread, a, a new conversation thread. So it's a hard challenge, uh, something that's really an interesting challenge to solve. And what we've done is we've enabled this system to, to really engage in some, what historically would have been challenging, more open-ended conversation. And I think our advantage is the specificity of the types of tasks that we're performing and the fact that we're doing it within the recruiting domain. So we've, we have a narrow enough focus where we can really build a lot of robustness into those experiences and through, you know, learning and, and, and experience at scale, we can continue to kind of perfect, uh, you know, that conversational experience within that specific, uh, you know, um, Task or or um, use case. So that's that's pretty interesting. I, I, I think the general principle that that I keep running across is that the narrower the task, the better the performance. And I assume that applies here. But I hear you saying that that the the kinds of questions that people ask in an open ended conversation about a job are constrained enough so that you can get a pretty good handle on that entire range of conversation, right? 
Yeah, once you speak to 10,000 candidates, 100,000 candidates within a specific use case, you start to understand the universe of the types of questions uh, candidates are asking, for example, or, you know, if you're engaging in a conversation, you start to get a sense of what are the different variations, right? What are the different different paths? And my learns. And, you know, over time, we're able to really handle a, a, a large percentage of uh, you know, of the types of interactions that, that come through. So, so there's a, there's this sense out in the market that, that this sort of thing works better on the lower end of the compensation scale. It's almost, it's almost a class status bias in the technology. Do you buy that or, or are there, um, is this a question of the number of, uh, people you're interviewing for the number of slots that you have, regardless of the complexity of the work? You're right in that we found really strong product market fit uh, within some of the more high-volume hourly uh, spaces um, where you're just dealing with a, a huge amount of hiring and you're engaging. You know, the, the key is the speed of the engagement and the ability to um, interact instantaneously and kind of drive candidates into uh, the next phase of the of the process. But over time, as the technology matured, we've expanded our support into more professional jobs as well, uh, particularly with our outreach solution. You know, uh, where our outreach solution adds an incredible amount of value is in areas where you have talent shortages and, and it's, it's harder to attract talent. Uh, where Maya at scale can engage with candidates and um, gauge interest and, and ultimately, um, you know, convert them into the funnel for hiring teams. So, again, it depends on the use case uh, and, and the level of, of depth of the conversation. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing success on both sides. So, so I don't know if you could do this or not, but I'll try. Could, could you articulate the sweet spot? So it depends on the use case, but there's got to be a cluster there. What, what does that cluster look like? Yeah, so, um, you know, in terms of use cases, we've talked about screening. That was, that's a strong use case. Uh, scheduling, so managing the calendaring process, uh, sourcing, uh, and then kind of supporting the end-to-end recruiting process in terms of providing reminders and updates and answering questions throughout the onboarding process. So there are various touch points where we can apply this experience uh, further down the funnel. And the types of domains that we're supporting are, uh, like I shared earlier on the hourly side, we're supporting uh, retail. So we work with many of the largest retailers in the world, uh, customer service jobs, uh, warehouse jobs, um, to name a few, food services, hospitality. On the professional side, you know, we've recently begun supporting uh, healthcare, so there's a huge demand around nurses, so the ability to help support attracting nurses into the funnel for, for our hiring teams. Uh, we, we have a number of, of customers in IT and engineering. Uh, we do sales-related jobs, finance and accounting. So um, often uh, where our customers have high-volume needs is where we typically gravitate. Got it. Got it. So, so, so would you say that, um, that the thing about high volume jobs is the people who work in them know what the job is and the people who hire know what kind of workers they want. So that's what actually narrows the question set. 
that people already come into the game with fundamental knowledge where you might not have that in a in an arena where you hire three or four people or one person. I would agree. I would agree. There's there you know there's a lot more consistency in in the approach. Great. Thanks. Thanks so much. So so now this is all founded on what people have been calling AI and you, you, you I'm sure you know that 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 I think the 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 nomenclature is a recipe for failure because because this is this is decision trees and regression for the most part. Um, um, tell me about tell me about those subset AI technologies that you use. Yeah, so we really focus on conversational AI, uh, which leverages NLP and machine learning techniques, mm-hmm. right? And so there's a few different ways that we're applying those techniques. Uh, so there's kind of four core components, right? So first, our semantic parsing, right? Semantic parsing, which is um, enabling Maya to understand what the user's saying, right? So in other words, map the user's utterance to a machine representation of intents and entities, which establishes both the context and the meaning of the, of the utterance. Um, you know, and we're applying NLP, uh, machine learning, and also rule-based heuristics um, to accomplish that. Uh, the second component is our state tracking capability. So that's Maya's ability to understand how the new utterance affects the state of the conversation. So for example, is it a question that needs a response? Are they changing their answer, right? So, um, and the ability to kind of move between states in a flexible way, uh, which leverages machine learning techniques uh, and and also rule-based heuristics. Uh, Our dialogue policy, which is Maya's ability to decide how to respond to the user. So that's based on the user's query or utterance um, and the current state of the conversation, i.e., so what's the best response? Uh, that's Maya's ability to select what the best response is based on on the the user's utterance. Um, and then, lastly, our natural language generation capabilities, which is Maya's ability to represent a response in the speaker's natural language. So to actually deliver that response in a natural way. Um, so there's a combination of machine learning, natural language processing, and rule-based heuristics that are being applied to each one of these components. Got it. So, so one of the things that's that's a general concern about recruiting systems is that that machines tend to impose rigid boundaries on things. Right? So, so, so it is it is like a machine to drive variability out of out of an area and replace it with repeatability and stability. And what that does is enforce requirements rigidly um, and what that does is it is it puts a damper on the possibility of diversity at some rate larger than the educational institutions can produce candidates for a specific job um, um, and so so do you run into those kinds of problems where 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 what the what the technology does is narrow too much? Um, or is there some sort of built-in mechanism to um, uh, counteract that tendency of technical systems to do that? Well, quite the opposite, and largely because we focused on that from very early on. That was an issue that we wanted to solve. Um, so, you know, there's two. I think there's two main points there. One is there is 
human bias in the recruiting process. And I think one of the advantages of Maya is that we can really focus on objective criteria and eliminate uh, some of the, the bias that exists. For example, maybe one of our retail customers is hiring from very specific top-tier universities because that's how they've done business for the last several decades, um, whereas Maya really gives everybody a fair chance, uh, regardless of some of those kind of predetermined biases. Um, so th that's one thing. The other thing is, is that, you know, even though we're focusing on kind of this set of objective criteria, we always want to give people the opportunity to communicate their value outside of kind of the rigid requirements. So let's say maybe a candidate doesn't meet the, the hard requirement, um, enabling them to communicate why they're still a good fit for the role uh, and demonstrate some of those intangibles and then to surface those insights to hiring teams so that they can make an assessment uh, based on the insights we've gathered. We think that's really, really key um, to avoid kind of the rigidity around uh, screening through a solution um, that is kind of, uh, you know, AI-based, right? So, you know, those are some of the ways that we're, we're counteracting, um, you know, some of the, the concerns around bias. So, so bias is such an interesting topic, and and almost everybody who's selling in this space talks about how machines um, do better with bias than uh, human beings do. But but it's it's pretty clear that um, uh, machines bring their own kinds of biases to the question, right? And and that that where human beings perhaps have some sort of unconscious bias or some sort of ritual bias because we've always done it this way, what machines have is uncoded bias and and they can't account for things that they don't know anything about. Um, um, so so. I get how machines are better than people. How are machines worse than people at this task? Well, you're right in that AI systems are only as good as the data we put into them, right? So if we're training AI based on data that was generated by people, for example, then it might inherit some of those biases. And that's why it's so important for the people who are building AI systems to constantly ask themselves the question, how are you impacting the people that are using these systems, right? And to make uh, decisions around um, the algorithm, around the types of data that you're leveraging and your approach to decision-making, if you're making a decision, um, and, and ensure that you're not negatively impacting um, different groups. So, that's the key, right? So I think that's a responsibility that we have and that all AI companies have and something that we have to be really sensitive to moving forward. That's a hard, that's a hard thing. What you just said is, is the solution is for um, developers to become conscious of their unconscious bias. And that's, that's a, one of those um, uh, catch-22 uh, double binds that that's pretty hard to resolve uh, you must have to spend a lot of time and energy on that yeah we you know we spent a lot of time thinking about this issue um, and also how we design the solution you know there are ways to protect against that for example in, in our world you know we're really you know our goal is to focus on objective criteria for example 
um, and, and really focus on the conversation and the value of the conversation and how we can surface insights uh, to hiring teams to ultimately make hiring decisions. So, you know, ultimately, um, we're working in parallel with hiring teams and just ensuring that we're surfacing all the great um, candidates, regardless of their background, um, that are a good fit based on the objective criteria that we set. So one of the, one of the best things that ever happened to me it was a, it was an extraordinary thing is is somebody hired me for a job that I wasn't qualified for because they saw the potential. Yep, and, and it uncorked my entire life. Uncorked my entire life. Seems to me that 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 this kind of system reduces the possibility for that. Again, you know, what we're doing, think about the world before Maya, right? 80% of candidates aren't even getting a response. They're not even getting a chance. And all we're doing is we're creating a forum for every candidate, 100% of the people who are interested in the job to communicate their value, right? So we're just creating a channel that enables everyone to communicate their value, and we're surfacing those insights in an organized way to hiring teams so that they can make more informed decisions. And so really what we're doing is giving more people the opportunity to get into those types of jobs. And that's, that's our mission, right? That's, that's the focus and how we're approaching um, this problem. And so again, it all comes down to how you're designing the solution and the thoughtfulness around, you know, some of these potential, um, you know, issues that you can create versus solve. So, so you're in downtown San Francisco. You're you're at one of the I don't know four or five greatest ground zeros for this this kind of work, and and we're in the the HR tech space. So it's a it's a status backwater compared to some other things. How do you compete for How do you compete for development talent? That's a great question. You know, we uh, we spend a lot of time focusing on how can we uh, compete for talent in this environment. I think where we've succeeded is that, you know, we, we check a lot of the boxes that development talent looks for in a company. You know, A, we're, we're solving really interesting and challenging technological problems. Uh, you know, some of the things that we talked about, uh, which gets engineers really excited. Um, we're also highly mission-driven in that we're building solutions that impact people at a massive scale and, and really aim to help uh, people get jobs more quickly and, and drive efficiencies in, uh, you know, a broken job market. Uh, so people really resonate with that. Uh, we're also really well capitalized, so we can be competitive. Um, and, you know, what, what candidates see in us is that you get kind of the best of both worlds. You get this ability to create an impact in a startup environment, you know, the learnings and, uh, you know, that come from that, but also the stability, right? Um, given that we're backed by top tier investors, et cetera, we've got a great culture, we've got a beautiful workspace, right? So we're really checking all the boxes. Um, and we're also doing a lot of things to, to create exposure in the market. Um, for example, we host an AI and NLP meetup once a month that's gaining a lot of traction. Uh, by the way, if anybody's in San Francisco Bay Area, we have uh, a meetup next week on Wednesday, August 29th, here at our headquarters. Um, we also publish papers and contribute them back into the ecosystem. 
We partnered with the leading AI program in San Francisco. Uh, so, you know, doing a lot of things also just to, to get access to talent. Amazing. So, so real briefly, and, and this could be an entire show, I'm sure. What do you think the, the <laughs> fundamental ethical issues are in your work? You know, I think there's kind of three things that, that come to mind. Um, you know, people worry about losing their jobs, right, in the world of AI. Um, that's often an issue that's talked about. Um, you know, we talked about diversity and bias, which is a really important one. Uh, the third is the importance of transparency, you know, in the decision-making process and how people are implementing this technology. Uh, so, you know, those are kind of the three that, that come to mind for us. Uh, and, and the interesting thing about um, the first one is that we're actually helping people get jobs, so it's kind of ironic. Uh, but I think what people are often referring to is, is maybe the recruiters. Uh, jobs and 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 we feel strongly that recruiters and the human element is is a really key process and always will be in the recruiting process. Um, but I think the day to day responsibilities will change, and and that's a trend across all industries. You know, folks will be focusing less on repetitive work and and more on the strategic work. So, um, you know, I think that's that's one of the interesting ones that um, that uh, come about in in, in the AI space. Okay, and, and and finally, what makes the company different? Fundamentally, what makes the company different? So a few things make us really different in the space. You know, I think the 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 first one is the robustness of our technology, right? So the quality of the conversation that's that's a really key part of of the solution. Uh, but that coupled with our deep domain expertise. So you know, we come from the space and we have a deep understanding of the problem, which um, is reflected in our approach, you know, the art of the conversation and the art of how we design it into the workflow. Um, others are the depth of our solution. So, um, you know, uh, the extent in which we can kind of support uh, hiring teams across uh, a variety of use cases. Um, and then, you know, the impact that our proven impact at scale. You know, we've demonstrated the ability to scale. We work with 120 customers today, 40 are Fortune 500. You know, we work with five of the eight largest global staffing businesses. Um, you know, we've scaled our solution across for our largest customer over 300 locations globally. So the ability to actually scale and implement this. Um, and we also support our customers globally, you know, across multiple languages. Um, you know, we, uh, we're enterprise grade, so we you know, we, we've invested very heavily in information security, for example, so we're SOC 2 and GDPR compliant, right? So I think it's a combination of all these things that really set us out in the space. Fantastic. What a great conversation. Thanks for being so forthright and, and handling um, hard questions. Would you take a moment and reintroduce yourself and tell the audience how they might get a hold of you? Yeah, of course. So again, my name is Ayal Grayevsky. I'm the CEO and co-founder here at Maya. You can reach me at Ayal uh, at HireMaya.com or ping me on LinkedIn. There's only one of me. <laughs> I recently checked. And uh, if you're coming to HR Tech, uh, you can come find us at booth uh, 1718. Uh, and I'm also doing a fireside chat with Nilesh Boyt of uh, L'Oreal. Uh, so you can come check that out as well. Thanks. It's been great talking with you, Al. I really appreciate you 
taking the time to do this. Um, it's it's been a great conversation. We've been talking with Al Grayowski, who is the CEO and co-founder of Maya Systems, um, and you've been listening to HR Examiner Executive Conversations. We'll see you back Thanks, here Don. next week. Thank you, Al. Uh, we'll see you back here next week. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great afternoon. Bye-bye now. 